Alright, so episode one of Major Agenda. The podcast has finally started and we're here to talk about our journeys and self-improvement. But mm. first we got of course, tell the viewers what self-improvement is. So. Of but don't we want to introduce ourselves, boys? Oh, sure, I'll start. So my name's George. I'm Rafael. And I'm Rosario Furia. So I'll start with my self-improvement journey. Um, probably started back when I was... 12, 12-ish. Um, I didn't even realise it was self-improvement at first, but I was uh, I was not exactly the popular kid in school, let's just say that. A lot of people would ignore me. I mean, I talk to some kids now and I, they say, uh, I ask them, when did you know I even existed? And if you say, like, year 7 and 8, did not know I existed. But year 9 is when they really started knowing I was even there, and that's because in year 7 and 8 I realised this. And I started going boxing, and that was like the beginning of my self-improvement. Very, very small. Didn't even know it's self-improvement, but um, I gained some muscle, I gained some confidence, and a lot of people say, oh, muscle won't make much difference in how you gain friends, but it's mm -hmm. the muscle that gave me the confidence to then speak to people that just really yeah. helped. And still, though, that is like complete cap as well. Like, muscle does, like, yeah. it does attract like, confidence. Yeah, like, every single person, like, I, I say to them, would you, would, would you have still been friends with me back when I was fat? And they say, yeah, yeah, of course, like, it's lies. Mm. It's lies I know it was. Mm. Because one, they wouldn't have liked my attitude because I wasn't confident. And two, they just wouldn't have liked the way I looked. But, um, yeah, after that, like, that little boxing phase, I realised I also had financial issues. I was a broke kid. I couldn't really buy what I wanted to or I needed to. Uh, my family wasn't very well off. We live, like, in a council house, nothing special. So I wanted to make a change. I wanted to be the first in my family to be like ultra successful. So what I did is um, I literally just typed into YouTube how to get rich. And first thing that popped up, drop shipping. So a whole world of drop shipping. Now, of how old e are you when this happened? And, and this was like 14 years old. So yeah. whole year just spent learning about drop shipping, begging my dad to help me because he was quite a wise guy. And when I was 15, opened up my drop shipping stores and failed failed made some profit and after the third store decided to you know what let's try something else because just a process of constantly trying new things see what would click with me <coughs> eventually went to trading in the stock market in the crypto space mm -hmm. again lost lots of money there took a big l and now i'm here at content creation and i've really like zoned in on this self-improvement journey i really know what it's about dopamine detox side of things mm -hmm. so that's my journey so far what about you Rafael? my journey started in 2020 because of the lockdown um in order to not lose my sanity i would go out to the woods secluded areas on my own even when i had zoom calls i would do them in the woods and just turn them off and like meditate and like do all the good stuff about men self-improvement and like mental health without even realizing what it was at, at the time um and yeah i just wanted to sort myself out a little bit i didn't actually start wanting to be entrepreneurial or like anything to do with business until like last year but that's a story for another time what about you george yeah so i think similar to you guys i got into self-improvement like before i even knew it was a thing um not, yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna get like, too in, in depth, but so I mean, I've always been training. Like, well, I've been lifting since like late 2020, 
But even before then, I was doing like push-ups, pull-ups, all of this like fancy shit. But then, yeah, just recently, within the last, well, how long was like summer ago? Like what, eight months? Yeah, so the last eight months, that's when I first discovered it. Things originally, originally, and um, people like people like Hamza, people like Tate, that like put me on. And then yeah, since I just tripled down on my self development. Yeah. Same. So was there any specific piece of self-improvement that you found first? Because for me, it was the finance side of things, realising that you're broke and you need to make money over oh, the long for term. Me, that, that was what it was. For, for me, me, it was like health side of it. Like I would always get made fun of for being fat, even though like I wasn't even the fattest kid in the room. But like I was like quite chubby. So I started like working out and actually wanting to like improve my like body and aesthetics in like year nine i don't know when how old i was probably like 14 or something yeah probably 14 um and recently i started i got my gym membership when i turned 16 and like my gains skyrocketed and now i'm able to like bench 70 80 kg for sets it's pretty sick in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. but like it took years i like started with like push-ups and like curling milk like milk gallons yeah it's a serious grind you gotta get on when you yeah. don't have you, all no, the it's, equipment it's weird though you can yeah. always tell like who the dons were that was curling fucking milk cartons in yeah. lockdown to like now <laughs> that's actually such a sick phenomenon yeah, yeah that's a whole yeah. other tangent but that's like, yeah that's actually sick yeah my mum wouldn't even let me go to gym at first I had to mm. show her that I was willing to put in the work at home so oh, I would wow. yeah I was just doing all the workout at home and eventually you know she saw how, how much work oh, I was put because oh, I started yeah. going gym like back when I was I think 14 oh yeah you went to, like, I went to yeah, a Riverside yeah. one and she she had this ideology that if you go to the gym it's going to stunt your growth mm. and I don't believe in that I mean it's, I, it's not, it's not sure. yeah it's I know of, like yeah. some people who go to the gym are short but I don't think that has anything to do with working <laughs> out so um yeah I had to basically prove to her that I, I was going to put in the work in and yeah, yeah. Eventually, she ended up letting me. Whenever we'd go to like on holiday or like would go away somewhere in Britain, and would have to book a hotel, I'd always ask my dad to book one of a gym in it, and I'd always like I don't know how I got away with this because I was like so small and short, but I'd tell like the person that I'm 16, and because you have to be 16 to go into the gym, I was like 14, 15. I'd like go and I'd like have this like full body workout because I don't know when's the next time I'd get to go to a gym. Mm. Oh, it was. Just... Oh, you must have been like hurting hard. Oh, I was. You're not I used was. To it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd probably go t- three, four times a year out somewhere. So every time I'd get to use a proper gym, I'd be like paying for the rest of the holiday. And the thing is, because I don't know when I'd go to the next gym, I'd go to the gym every single night that I was at the hotel, even if I was there for a whole week. I'd try and go every single night to do something different just to use the benefit of having a gym at the hotel. Did you ever get the feeling that um, you just didn't feel like you wanted to go to the gym? You uh, were tired or sick of it? Nah, because like, this was back when I wasn't at liberty to go to the gym just like regularly, like before I was allowed to by age. And also like, my parents weren't willing to pay for a gym membership for me. And I wasn't even allowed to go, I wasn't old enough. So like, I would be so driven, like, oh, this is the, I'm, this is the first time I've been to the gym, 
and then like the second time i don't know when i'll go to the gym next so i might as well make the most of it you know yeah that's good i'm glad you're motivated because i feel like the problem most people have is they can't get themselves into the gym but as long as they can do that i think the rest of it's easy because tell me have you ever regretted a workout no have you ever like left the gym and just been like god damn my muscles hurt this sucks I never mean, maybe after like doing i'm legs. just happy it just like it just feels good yeah. and i guess that's just because of like the natural dopamine that is um that's given after a workout instead of grabbing all no, this like, yeah, fake dopamine it's like, from that's like, tiktok it's these kind of delayed gratification practices that it's like it's impossible to regret it's like physically impossible to like be mm-hmm. like oh I, I regret like bettering myself like, it's just it's like it's retarded yeah just as long as you can get yourself to the gym and that actually reminds me of um how to do that in in the book atomic habits you've read it right have you read um, atomic habits i haven't read it yet. fully yet but uh, yeah i'm in the process of reading yeah so good they actually mentioned that in atomic habits there was this one person who um had to travel really far for work every day mm-hmm. but it was like her own job like it was up to her for pra- to practice because she was like a dancer yeah so if she wanted to not go to work she technically didn't have to so the hardest part was getting there once you're in like the dance room it's all fine you you know you're there you're like in the zone so she would set herself a morning routine and the morning routine would be get ready get in the taxi and it would stop there because once you're in the taxi you can't be and you tell the driver where to go it's not like you can be like oh, i don't feel like doing it anymore you've already told the driver you have to pay him at some point you can't just cancel the journey so um yeah in terms of leaving to go to the gym i think anybody who asks for advice on like um how do i motivate motivate myself don't tell yourself you have to go to the gym just tell yourself that you have to get on your bike or get in your car and just start heading to the gym and the rest of it's pretty simple yeah well on the topic of dopamine and delayed gratification why don't we talk about dopamine detox dopamine detox is great yeah i think this is the main principle of self-improvement is delayed gratification versus instant gratification i th- that's literally probably the main principle the most important thing about it and delayed gratification as in ideas that will benefit you practices and activities that will benefit you in the future rather than now best example of this probably gym but it's not just that and one of the best ways to, to cut out instant gratification is by dopamine detox and I'll explain what that is it's like it's quite a hard complex it's quite like it's quite hard to explain but how do you guys explain dopamine detox well, I mean let's, let's first that. like just explain what instant and delayed gratification yeah, is because sure, I don't sure. think any, everybody knows it so back, yeah instant gratification is um just things that make you feel happy instantly yeah so uh things like just scrolling through tiktok or even just eating junk food whilst you're doing it i'd actually go a level deeper it's not just things that make you feel happy or give you pleasure instantly it's things that give you pleasure without having actually to put much effort into it at all so like something like eating a chocolate bar Mm -hmm. it's so easy to do any amount of pleasure and dopamine that gives you is like super high whereas something like a high effort activity like going to the gym which gives you almost the same amount of dopamine which is kind of crazy but like gives you the same amount of dopamine but you put higher effort in that dopamine lasts longer so ultimately feels better whereas you eat a chocolate bar feels good for a couple of seconds and then like okay good you've had some instant gratification some pleasure and now you're probably gonna gain weight because you've had 
like fucking yeah there's, there's so many extra. just no, so they... many knock-on effects from delayed gratification that also just adds to it yeah like um you're not gonna have um too much dopamine coming from yeah and just it's... like working out but like say in the future yeah. you get you're gonna get compliments for working as, out. yeah as we said earlier like there's no like one like delayed gratification activity that you're ever gonna it's like it's just not possible like, mm-hmm. it's like this reminds me of that one experiment where scientists put like kids in a room with a marshmallow and they'd tell the kids if they didn't eat the marshmallow when the scientists come back in like five ten minutes they'd get two and then they like follow these children on later on in life and the children that didn't eat the marshmallow and waited till they got a second one and ate both of them at the same time yeah and like delayed their gratification were actually proven to be more successful later on in life i've never heard of that that's well i mean it's not surprising but i've never yeah have you not heard of that i've heard of that one before and yeah it does make a lot of sense to put it into simpler words, willpower. I mean, willpower and delayed gratification is two very similar things. If you can have a high willpower or just be able to delay gratification to a far extent, then you'll be very successful and you'll probably be happier as well. Mm. And that's the main reason most people are depressed these days. It's because they yeah, we'll, take part in too much instant gratification. We'll get onto that later, but... Yeah, so this is the main premise of self-improvement is delayed gratification versus instant gratification and yeah if you can tell already it's all about replacing your instant gratification with delayed gratification activities you know so yeah probably best example i can't think of a better example but something like gym something like putting in some work now into a business that will later benefit you yeah. well not just business putting in work into something that you want to do ultimately in, a, in your life because we've got to remember that saying everyone should be an entrepreneur a businessman like side hustle this is cool but then you've got to realize that society would fall apart if there wasn't any yeah. nine to five yeah, workers yeah, yeah. but the difference is you've got to do things that you like to do you can't just the problem with nine to five and the reason why everyone talks about it or like demonizes it is because when they talk about it, they don't clarify no one really it. like demonizes well like the demonized aspect is the fact that most people who work a nine to five job don't like it but then they don't do anything about it nine to five jobs are fine if you actually like to do them because there's something for everyone everyone has their own like purpose in life so like for one person, working at a gas station is like they'd rather kill themselves. But for another, that could be like their dream job. The, the, the difference is, if you'd rather kill yourself, just like sort sort your life out, essentially. And fair enough, that's harder for others. For others but like, it's not impossible. Yeah, I and get what you're saying. Point. I have heard some influencers demonising um, 9 to 5s by trying to get people on self-improvement. And it's just wrong. Yeah. Some people, nine, nine to fives are just meant for. It really depends on what you want to do. Everybody in the world has their own craft that they need to master. And whatever their craft is, there will ha- be aspects in it where you can just do instant gratification and other aspects where you can delay it. So, like, for example, accountancy. You could learn a bunch of new stuff in accountancy, and that would be delaying gratification because it's not easy to learn new stuff. You have yeah, to like really put effort into it. For an apprenticeship, it. it's like but, a um, five, ten year apprenticeship. Yeah, say you already know some stuff, and you're just like uh, need to revise it. This isn't the greatest example, but it's a lot easier to revise something, and it's a bit more instant. 
than um, delaying something and learning something new. It's same with music, like me and George and probably you as well will be able to relate to this one really well. Ever practicing just one instrument and you always just go back to that same song, playing it on piano or playing it on guitar. Oh yeah, 100%. But really you should be learning the next New piece. stuff, yeah. yeah. Because you're just so used to it, it just gives you that instant happiness, that instant gratification. Yeah. So delaying your gratification in whatever task you have, whatever craft you're trying to master, that will get you happiness. Yeah, but that's... It's like... One thing, I, to put it simply, it's like, this is the way I see it. It's like real happiness and then actual, like, fake happiness. It's like, like you're cheating the system happiness. Mm. That's what happens when you have, like, an unnatural, like, source of dopamine, like... Like your chocolate bars, like your TikToks, like all of those like unnatural sources of dopamine that you did like nothing for to earn. Because like you need to understand like for the dopamine release, like this is how it works like neurologically. You need to like earn it. Like think about like how our ancestors, you know, they didn't like they had to like earn like their happiness, you mm -hmm. know. And this is how it should be now, really. But you know, and there's consequences to it as well. Yeah, I mean you can you can see the consequences mm -hmm. that yeah. everyone gets. Like if you think about it back in the caveman era in order to just eat you'd have to go out and hunt first and that would take like basically all of your day and now it's just like you you go on your phone order a domino's yeah you see order that, a fucking that, uber that's, order a big mac that's what open detox is be getting in their cars to drive to mcdonald's for breakfast every morning and i'm like what are you doing yeah but that's want to eat, eat out but mcdonald's yeah people don't even really cook their food anymore no so, yeah. I mean, that's step one, try and cook your own food. Yeah, as I was saying, Learn to cook. As I was saying, that's basically what doping detox is, is like transitioning back to a similar way to how our ancestors would go about, go about rewiring the, oh, I can get like technical about it. I think it's the mesolimbic reward pathway system within your brain. Mm -hmm. It's the, yeah, about dopamine release, how your brain rewards you for doing certain tasks and, mm -hmm. and stimuli. One thing I've noticed in dopamine detox that I kind of struggle to relate to the ancestral ways of how things were done mm -hmm. is meditation. Because obvi obviously, I don't yeah. think any no, like, cavemen they, they, were no, no, they're no, meditating. Yeah, they weren't doing that. So, how how would you say that connects no, into dopamine detox? Cavemen might not have been like directly meditating the way we do it today, but you've got to realize cavemen didn't have any other distractions. Yeah, they didn't have anything else they were thinking about. They weren't worrying about what they did the day mm. before or what's going to happen in the future. They're worrying about their survival in the present moment, which is technically what ultimately meditation is trying to get you to. It's tr meditation is trying to get you to live in the present moment without thinking about past or future and at the same time help you understand and control like your thought processes and emotions. Cavemen didn't really need to do meditation because they didn't really have like terrible thought processes or emotions in the first place. They didn't act out of anger. They just acted out of necessity to even survive day to day. All right, yeah. This ties on to something like we have something else we want to talk about. It's meditation. Yes, yeah, so we've all been meditating for a while now, mm -hmm. and it's like quite it's quite discerning because like when I try to talk to other people about this, like I don't know if you've seen this, but there's so many like meditation haters out there yeah you know they're like I mean? you're just wasting your time doing yeah. nothing they don't realize like, you're it's people, pretty important people be like whenever i talk to some people about this they would always tell me like oh but why would i do that why would i spend 
five ten minutes of my day meditating when I can just spend it living and being present and I'm like the fuck you're not being yeah. present <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> but motherfuckers be like oh yeah why should I meditate I'm just gonna be present on my phone oh yeah scroll through TikTok post no, an Instagram I mean, story yeah that's very present nice one you're, you're definitely living IRL in yeah. the real world one, yeah right one thing right let's take a step back so right meditation yeah I our ancestors, they weren't doing it. You know what? I, I don't... The Tates, they probably don't meditate for 10 minutes no. a day. I don't I, know. They doubt they do. They don't need to, though. They've yeah, that's exactly... Point. The main thing is... The main point of meditation is to... It's the ability to harness your attention. It's just the ability to, like, be able to just, like, sit there with no distractions and not even want to do it and analyse the emotions and thoughts you're getting in your head. That's the point of meditation. Yeah, like... And but the thing is, we do it now because like because we need to. We've got all these sources of distractions going on all the time. It's a nice like transition back to our ancestral mm. ways. Our ancestors, our ancestors didn't meditate because they had no like yeah, they didn't need they had to. no distraction so, distraction sources. I guess yeah, it was no probably like a practice that was created by yeah. some wise guy, probably some monk that realized yeah. okay, there's too many distractions because even before phones mm-hmm. and uh, all social media and stuff, there were still distractions like back. 100, 200 years ago. So, yeah, yeah like, some I'm wise not, guy created meditation. I'm not, and... not going to lie. Recently, I've kind of been meditating less. And, like, that's not even, like... Um, oh, it's because I've been forgetting. I just haven't really felt the need to. Like, sometimes I'd just be, like, sitting there, not doing anything. But, like, I'd realise that I'm not... I haven't got any thoughts. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting there, like, still present in the present moment. Whether it's, like, looking out of my window or, like just staring at a blank wall mm. yeah it's, it's nice because like, it, you get to a point and yeah, I, i'd say eventually it's different for some people sometimes it's three months in six months in but you can just turn your thoughts off yeah have yeah, you had that yeah it's, it's yeah like it's nice. for me it's like i'm in a constant state of meditation like um where whatever yeah. i'm doing or wh- whoever like i haven't got thoughts in my head and i have to actively think to like turn them on yeah. whereas most people they've got like especially over thinkers they've got so many like thoughts in their head that they can't like shut off whereas with meditation that's what you learn to do like i still like to meditate every now and then because like you know like you can sit there be present and then actively think of stuff and like unpick thoughts yeah. that you might have I see one thing that the tate said which ties into quite quite nicely here is um he says that everything he does is with thought and purpose which is literally what meditation like helps you to do and yeah i wouldn't say he's a master meditator but that's literally yeah the point of and that's what all these people all these meditation haters don't understand is that yeah you could probably be doing something like else in the time that you're meditating but in order to do that and focus fully on that you need to go through the process of meditating first because even though they say, oh yeah, I could be doing other stuff like more productive. Well, where are you going to be doing it? Your focus is going to be somewhere else. You're going to be thinking about A, B and C while trying to do like Yeah, I mean, your it, it doesn't like, meditation doesn't instantly work. Yeah, but, like, obviously it takes time to kick yeah. in, but that's what people don't understand. They're not willing to put in like mm-hmm. the de- delay their gratification and put in the work yeah. in order to reap the reward. Yeah, some people are in just com- complete disbelief when you tell them that it will be tough for them to yeah. meditate for the first yeah, time. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird because, like, like, 
like four months ago, no probably more than that no like five months ago like before i started it's so weird how like, my mindset has changed like obviously when i first thought about it when i first heard like hamza talking about it i was like it's just kind of gay though just sitting there like just not doing anything like how the fuck does that work but damn i actually yeah like, once after... you try it and you realize your your mind just keeps going to places and you're like wait what the hell why can't i focus this should be simple then you realize okay maybe i should try practicing this yeah yeah and that's what people also mistake they try it for like a day maybe a week and they don't realize it takes yeah. like at least a month for you to oh, start right. for me feeling like benefits like, yeah you need you need to like stick to it for a while you need to add it into your routine i think we should talk about let the people know how to meditate because this is also another big misconception where everyone gets wrong. Yeah. People expect to use people expect to start meditating and have a clear mind like instantly. When let's be honest, that's not how it works. When you first begin, you're you're gonna have thoughts like coming left, right, and center. And what you're supposed to do is just take a step back and just be an observer. Because once you get in deep enough down the rabbit hole of like self improvement and like your body and mind and like soul and all this stuff, you understand that you are not your thoughts. They just happen. And meditation helps discern what is actually you and what you think and what's just your brain being your brain. Have you heard of like monkey brain and all that type of stuff? Well, like as like a metaphor. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, yeah do you know about like the amygdala yeah part of the brain yeah yeah so what you're supposed to do when you first start out is like don't try and dump, jump in the deep end to do like an hour two hour meditation even 10 minutes is too much start with like 30 seconds a minute yeah it depends depends how minutes. much in gratification you yeah it depends how like how much of an NPC you've mm-hmm. been in your life yeah um, if you're a TikTok addict then you, I'll, I'll be impressed if you can get it past like one minute yeah like um, if you've got a, like a screen time over like ten hours average, do like one minute at first. Yeah, and also that's another thing. Um, when you do take a step back, um, when you start out, I'd recommend like obviously doing it with your eyes closed. Like you don't have to be like in the fucking what's it called lotus mm. s- seat or like you can be sitting down, laying down, whatever. All you need to do is. Don't have music in. You're not. You're not at that stage yet. Mm. You don't. You haven't earned it. Um, you need to take a step back, close your eyes, and let your thoughts pass by, like like as if you're watching the clouds or like a bus is coming or like cars in the road. You're just supposed to notice them and let them and let them go. And that way, you you're able to discern what is actually your thoughts and what is just your brain doing its thing and like sending stuff your way. Because that's also another thing. People don't understand what's actually them and what is just, like, their body producing thoughts. Because that is what your brain does. It is supposed to produce thoughts. Like... I thought this might happen, but I, I think your method of meditation is slightly different to mine. Whenever a thought just comes to the front of my head, I just, like, tell it to go away and try and think of nothing or just focus on my breathing. Like, um, the reason I try and focus on my breathing is because it's extremely hard to just oh, yeah, think that's of nothing. Thing. Like, that's the end goal of meditation. You want to be able to completely turn your brain off and not think of anything. But for anybody who's just starting meditation, it might be good to just focus on your breathing. Don't play, like, any sound or, like, download any meditation app. Although yeah. there's, like, a lot of influencers who recommend doing, like, uh, downloading some meditation app. 
but most of the time it's because they've gotten a sponsor so yeah. i'd recommend not listening to them and instead just try and focus on your breathing for that minute yeah. or two minutes and every time a thought comes to the front of your mind just throw it away Obviously. and focus on breathing With meditation it's just like anything else there's multiple ways you can like go at it like your way i do like doing that sometimes as well where i'm not doing anything but focusing on my breathing listening to it trying sometimes sometimes i can hear my heartbeat if i like focus like enough but like usually um i actually kind of enjoy watching like these thoughts like random thoughts that would come into my mind pass by like i'm looking like looking up at the clouds you know how clouds just like flow away you know? yeah i actually really enjoy watching that as thoughts and like understanding why am i having thoughts like that or are they mine or are they like my body's you how do I'm you saying? meditate george is it yeah. like my my method or referrals or do you have your own method I just, I just have quite like a simplistic view on like meditation to be honest so I'll tell you what I do I just I do it around 20 minutes a day it's like around 10 minutes in the morning so it depends what time I wake up but yeah basically in the morning oh and this is the main thing what I used to do I'll get up get on my phone and then put on some music that's like if like that's such a normalised thing nowadays but that's like now that I look back at it it's like I can't believe I was starting my mornings like that. It's like the worst way to start your worst way you can start your morning with the instant gratification like that. You've like literally all you've done. You've woken up like. Anyway, um, so yeah, what I don't do is I don't look at my phone for like the first like thirty minutes to like an hour of my morning. I brush my teeth and I get back on my bed. I sit on my bed and then I meditate for up until I just up up until I, I just like feel like it. But I don't do. Honestly, I've got to a point where I don't even focus on my breathing. I kind of just do it automatically. So what are you thinking of during that time? Do thoughts pop into your head and then you like tell them to go away? Or do you watch Actually, well, the thoughts recently, fly by? Recently, it's, it's not like... Because I think I've been practicing it for so long. It's no longer like, emo- like emotional thoughts anymore. It's more like purposeful thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's the same for me. Like, it would be... What's the camera saying? yeah for me it'd be like purposeful thoughts and then sometimes like just random thoughts like i don't know i can't even describe but like you know how sometimes you dream of just like the most random shit it's kind of like that like just utterly dumb stuff yeah, that's same with me just random stuff and sometimes purpose and then i just watch it and it'll like go away and it'll be like nothingness again until either I focus on my breathing or like another thought comes through. Usually if I have something that's like really pressing, like pressing matters, I'd try and sit and not let that thought go away. I'd try and like think about it and analyze it as deeply as possible. Like obviously, and I'm not talking like just like basic decisions, I'm talking like major decisions. Like stuff that you can't just think about in a split second, you actually have to ponder on for a while. Mm Yeah, I think that's a good thing to take away then. There's like different ways of meditating. If there's big decisions yeah. that you've got to think about, just take a moment to think about them with your eyes shut yeah. and zero distractions. Yeah, if yeah. you like have too much in your head and too much useful information, uh, try the method of just sitting down and focusing on your breathing and any thought that comes in. That's, that's kind of similar to what I did. Well, when I first started meditating, I did it like I did it unintentionally. It was just then I had so many like emotions and thoughts in my head. I would go up to my room and stare at my wall 
and that was before I even knew what like meditation was. Then I started doing it properly, and then you just get to a stage where there's like there's just not much on your mind anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's but along with that takes action. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, another thing. Like even if you're not massive on like meditation or you don't care that much just having an aspect of stillness during your day in whatever you're doing is like so beneficial like the stoics say stillness is key in whatever you're doing even if it's like a high like you're at the gym you can still be still and just like try and like be present and not think about anything or worry too much about anything at all like stillness is so beneficial in that aspect because it puts you in the present by you not thinking about past or future even future is in like what you're going to do in a minute from now like just thinking about what's happening in this very moment yeah that's something i'm absolutely guilty of i like hop into a meditation i'm i'm already thinking what am i going to do next what am i going to do after this what's mm-hmm. on my to-do list what, what should i do after yeah. that so yeah that's that's meditation covered that's how you can meditate and those are the different methods of meditation so i'd say meditation probably the best form for reverting back to good mental health just having clarity in your mind is that like it's it's impossible to have like even like a level of like anxiety or depression if you're a master meditator mm-hmm if you have like fully control like yeah if you're like fully in control of like your mind and like what you're thinking and understanding the thoughts that you're getting like is it going to be impossible for you to be being full victim controlled, yeah being yeah, controlled victim. by some sort so of you're mental illness not just mental illness, actually i actually have a little um a little mm-hmm. challenge for the viewers or or the listeners um there's this thing on the nhs website and it's called a mood self-assessment test um, so if you're living in the UK, you could use this. You go, go on the government website, type in mood self-assessment test, and you can see your depression and your anxiety score. Mm. And just try meditating for one, two, maybe even three months. And then test yourself before that meditation ses- session and test it after and see what your mm. depression anxiety score is. That's a, yeah, and I that's guarantee you that anxiety score will be lower. 100%. Oh, that's like... That's literally... One, one, number one thing, like, ah, uh, li- literally, yeah. I don't want to get too in depth with it, but like, that's that's literally such facts. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's like. So I there's your proof. Like, like, if you don't believe us by saying it, you'll see yourself in your own journey. And the worst thing that can happen is you would have wasted, I don't know, like sixty minutes of your life meditating yeah. if you're only um, doing it, it six even times. Like, if you do like five minutes every day, but it's mainly consistently, but like five minutes every day. Oh my god, that would literally do wonders for you. Yeah, especially if you're an anxious person. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like, who, by being anxious and worrying daily, has added an extra hour onto their life? No one. You should stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. You're living in the present today, so that's what you should be focusing on, ultimately. So another thing, other than meditation, that people need to focus on when doing a dopamine detox is sleeping. Got to sort out their sleeping. Mm. Oh yeah, but before we get onto that, can I just? There's something here that I feel like we're tying like really well. Okay. Since we're on the topic of mental health, I had a fan ask me on my Instagram story. 
Um, yeah, so I was doing a Q&A on my Instagram story. I had a fan ask me, have you ever felt depressed? And if so, what advice can you give? So I want to hear your guys' take on that. What, would you, what do you guys think? I'll let, I'll let you go first. Oh, we've, already, we've, already covered, <laughs> we've already covered like meditation. So I think that's, that's, step, that's step zero. Mm-hmm. Finding yeah. a natural source of dopamine, yeah. I think, is so important. So whether that's gym, whether that's music, finding a hobby will give well, you what kind a, of music um any sort of music really i think any sort of music will do mm-hmm. as long as you're playing it i don't mean listening to it um just a hobby that's what i mean a purpose i guess because most people you ask them what do you want to do in life and they have no idea and if you're in that situation it's fine it's a part of life but you have to be if you if you don't know what you're doing, you have to be in the process of exploring what you want to do, trying out as many new things as possible. A lot of people, while you're young, that's yeah, a lot of people will be like, "I don't know what to do," and instead of trying new things every single day, what they'll do is they'll play Fortnite every single day mm-hmm. and just keep doing the same thing. You, see, you don't again, want to be like a professional Fortnite player, so don't do that every single ties day. Ties into instant gratification yeah, and exactly. the fact that also with depression, um, usually, um, well, in my case, it was because. I felt depressed because, like, I didn't have. Sorry, why is he looking at me like that? Alright, carry on. This guy just went. But yeah, I j- I felt depressed. Probably this was like ages ago, but um, mainly because, like, yeah, just like I've forgotten the word for it. You know, like n- zero achievement. Like I wasn't really like. There's nothing to be happy about. Like you get depressed, you just feel empty. Yeah, like kind of empty. Like when people play video games, it's usually to like get the next rank or like the tier or like feel good about. You went like onto your console and you just. I didn't even have a console. You you just weren't happy with gaming. I just I I didn't I wasn't even gaming. Literally, the most fun I'd get is YouTube. That's all I do, and like I didn't have no 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 nothing. It was just like terrible. That's that is my main. I can't even call it a theory anymore. It's, I think it's proven. Like, so yeah, I've I, I would I would never say I was like I, was, I mean I was never went to like a therapist and like been diagnosed. But like a while ago, like about yeah eight months ago, when I did feel like when I did feel depressed. I mean, now that I look back in it, if I were to like put myself in a position that I was eight months ago now, yeah, I'd be depressed as fuck. Like even with the knowledge I have now, because. My again, I can't even call it a theory, but how I feel what depression is, I'm not like some like psychologist. Feel, but you mean you think, right? How I think that what depression is, it's not some like disease that you just you just get like no like you can't just like walk through life and like just you just get depression. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of reason for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what I learn is that it's not something you get but it's just it's more of a symptom and what when i felt depressed it was it was a symptom of the direction that my life was heading in you know i had no like no like good links no like no networks no no like no like no like future nothing like really coming up like next on like on the on my calendar Would you say like, it's it like, like a signal it's like a signal yeah, to tell you it's a, to improve it's a your signal. life. It's yeah, important. It's a signal to tell yourself that, like, oh shit, you need to like, I can get on with some shit because, like, 
it's not looking good, bro. Like, mm. that's literally it. Like, Imagine if it didn't exist and everybody was happy all the time for doing whatever they wanted. What sort of world would we have? A the terrible world would one. fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Everybody would do whatever they <laughs> wanted if, all the time. Imagine if everyone... Think about this. Depre- like, no one, like, attack me or, like, kill me or anything for this, yeah. but, like, depression, was it even a thing, like, 50 to 100 years ago? Oh, no. Pr- oh, probably not. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's literally no, just not, no, yeah. a byproduct of modern life. Yeah, because of how exactly. fucked. No, no, our ancestors. Do you think they were suffering from schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety? No, no. Do you think no, a caveman no. was like, oh, I guess I won't go hunt for food today because I'm, yeah. I'm depressed. Well, yeah, no. but they'll just die off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, also true. They'd just die, but that wouldn't even happen in the first place. A lot of people think that illnesses or mental illnesses stops them from doing things in the world. But mm. it's not. It's mostly just signals telling you to go do something. It's in the indicators, world. Literally. Yeah. It doesn't stop you. You like even some physical illnesses. Um, like I have a friend with autism, and um, he believes like he's unable to do many many things. Uh, he gets like benefits from the government. He sits around in the house like he he doesn't even work. If you tell him to go find a job, he'll go to the job and he'll he'll fuck up the job on purpose just so <laughs> that he can stay on benefits. But then yeah. I have this other friend who's got like three different Ill- illnesses. Also, one of them being autism, and she, no ma- no matter her illness, she went shop after shop, place after place, business after business, mm. trying to find a job because she yeah. just didn't feel like yeah. it was right sitting it's in like, the house. You see how it's a mindset thing. It is. But it then, really is. Yeah. I've got ADHD, and um, I remember when I used to be like back in primary school on pills. Like also, that's also another thing that's so fucked. Instead of actually trying to help you with your, like, illness, modern-day, like, doctors and, like, therapists will just put you on pills yeah, exactly. and, like, drugs like... and put a Band-Aid over, like, a fucking gaping exactly. wound yeah. rather <laughs> than actually addressing it and fixing the problem. Yeah, you got to find the problem. That's, that's, like, that's the biggest, like, problem that I have with, like, just modern-day, like, Western, like, medicine. Yeah. It's like, that, it's such a Band-Aid The solution. best choice that I could have made is... Like, both of my parents also, like, were helping this. But, like, I stopped taking my pills, right? And I actually started, like, analysing my thought process. And, like, um, because obviously the way ADHD people think is completely different to, like, how normal people think. So I started, like, actually unpicking my mind. Especially in 2020 was when I was, like, mainly doing this. And, like, I think even at school, like, tons of my friends and people and peers could tell a massive difference between me before lockdown and me after lockdown like it was like i was a completely new person like um especially compared to how i was at the beginning of school in year seven i was a little like i was a crackhead um (laughs) okay but yeah like all because i started actually analyzing my head and like my brain and now it's like people could talk to me and they wouldn't even realize i have adhd but if i wanted to i can turn like this is this is probably gonna sound so dumb, but I can turn ADHD on and off. So like when I need to, I can have it on. Yeah, that's a, when that's I don't, a I can turn it that's on. A, like that's like it's literally a skill that you need, like that you can learn to harness. Yeah, like, that. like that's hard. Now obviously, like I'm not gonna go tell a schizophrenic or a psychopath they can turn it off and on, <laughs> but like let's be honest, like ADHD, it's a benefit if you know how to use it correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like most things are benefits. It's just people don't know how to use them correctly. Okay, well, 
yeah, but back to the point of like of these these band aid solutions. Mm. Yeah. Is that with these like mental health, um, with these illnesses, shall we say? It's it's not. It's it's symptoms. Yeah, it shouldn't be classed as yeah. an illness. Yeah. That is yeah. what like is destroying most people's belief in the first place. It's the word illness. It shouldn't be called an illness. I mean, I don't even think it should have the name depression or anxiety. If it was just called like sadness. I mean, just saying you're sad, you know, you can get happy again. But depression, that makes it sound like illness. Yeah. It's not. It's me- and that's the thing people think yeah. they can't do things because they're depressed when actually it's the complete opposite way around you're depressed because you're not doing the things that you need to be doing yeah 90% and like, of the time then Actually, it no, comes 100% in, of the time yeah 100% of the time but then also because of that like thought process it then becomes a negative feedback loop whereas yeah. you feel depressed because you're not doing the thing you need to do but you think you're depressed you're not doing the thing you need to because you're depressed and it just keeps going on in that cycle when if you just like change it and you start doing the things that you need to do you'll feel less depressed this is why this is why it's like it's just so like crucial to learn that these things like depression it's an indicator they don't control Mm. you yeah it's an indicator of like of what's going on they are all indeed very real things it's just the way you view them you everybody listening to this podcast and watching it they just have to start viewing Mm -hmm. it in a different way but you need to but one thing you need to is stop believing in the idea of no. it as it as like something you just get mm-hmm. yeah, as like some illness like i'm just going to bless you with bipolar people need disorder, to like... stop believing in the idea that um I, I don't even know how to like put this into words but like believing in the idea that they're actually so weak and they're being controlled by things when actually your brain is like the most powerful part of your body like more more powerful than the muscle like your brain can do like the only reason you your muscles could probably lift 10 times the weight they do now it's just the only reason they don't is because if they if your brain actually made them do it they'd like rip off of your bones and shit like that so your brain is the most powerful muscle in your body like it can push you to like complete and utter failure in most aspects and the thing people don't realize is that their brain has control over all these things but especially nowadays people think that all these things are in control of their brain and Mm -hmm. their body when it's the complete opposite way around and they're looking at it from the complete wrong perspective and frame of mind Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's mainly it's like it's realising that I mean, just the potential, like the potential, like power of your brain. That, like, it sounds like so, like cliche, but like, it's just like realizing the potential, like the power. Like, it's hard to explain. I know, I can't, I can't explain it well, but it's like I can I know what you say. Yeah, I know <coughs> what I'm trying to say. Anyway, but yeah, I. That's one of the biggest problems I have with like western medicine or psychology nowadays is how it's treated mm-hmm. not right not only in, in like psychology's like band-aid solutions are like massively prescribed also in medicine as well but like we're gonna focus on like the mental oh, health yeah what, I, think what I think what you're trying to say is like according to my point is like people don't realize the power that their brain has not only over their own like mind but also their body and like all these aspects oh, yeah, you that, know like people like uh, like underestimating like how like yeah um, they're under this sounds so cringe but they're underestimating their own power 
Yeah, I don't want to say in like a cliche way, but like, <laughs> but like, it's true. Yeah, it's literally true. Yeah. Anyway, no. One thing I want to say. Um. Oh, also, all right. It's gonna, it's gonna sound like kind of like controversial, but like, the idea of therapy. Actually, no. It's not gonna sound controversial because I'm gonna explain why. But the idea of therapy, similar to these, band-aid solution of antidepressants. It's the the whole point of therapy is to give you that temporary feeling of trust within someone that makes you feel slightly better but it doesn't fix the root problems of Mm -hmm. your mental states i think what therapy needs to be is an analysis session of Mm -hmm. what the problem actually is just like with meditation Mm -hmm. but with meditation you're kind of being your own therapist if you're trying to find the root problem that is actually like and yeah i think that's what people need because it's extremely hard for an outsider person to see what's going on inside of your brain to locate the problem the only person who can do that well is yourself so start a meditation do not go to a therapist or continue going to your therapist but just also (coughs) make sure you try meditation as well also be your own therapist going back to what george said about modern day therapy um, not necessarily you shouldn't go to a therapist it's just that modern day therapists let's let's be honest they're they're a scam all they want is your money modern day therapists like george said um it's the feeling of you actually doing something to like um, better your mind and fix yourself without actually getting the results from it. Unlike meditation where you actually do the thing and get the reward. Therapy is just like, it offers you that sense of, oh yeah, I'm doing something about it. But let's be honest, the therapist doesn't really care whether you like sort yourself out or not, especially in our day and age. All they care about is giving you that sense of, oh yeah, today was progressive, but I've got to come back for more. They want to keep you coming back so they can squeeze as much money out of you as possible. You could probably do what a, fe- what a professional therapist nowadays does in half the time if you just know how to do it correctly through like meditation and like just good habits. But I think it's mainly the biggest problem I have. How many therapists have you seen that have prescribed weightlifting six times a week, meditation for five mm. minutes a day? Instead, they're prescribing like, antidepressants. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, not all therapists are like this. There will be the the few out there who do believe in the like natural ways Jordan of Peterson. doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peterson, Peterson is great. Yeah. But uh, there, there are the bad ones out there. And what we're saying yeah, is we're not trying bad. to like say to you all therapists are bad. They've studied all these years for nothing. What we're trying to say is just try meditation first. Oh. Try the natural way. Another and thing. it will change your life. It's not that therapists nowadays are inherently bad. Like, they go to college and they do all these degrees and study for a reason. It's not that they're, like, they don't know what they're doing. It's just that nowadays especially, especially in America and Canada and places like that in Western societies, therapists aren't governed by the things they learn in uni or, like, actual science or clinical psychology. They're governed by politics and being politically correct so instead of actually helping a person and like getting to the root cause of something they will do what's deemed correct politically even yeah. if it completely like mm. goes against everything they've been taught in yeah. uni yeah i don't want to get like because spin- otherwise if they do yeah. they'll be cancelled not yeah. to get too yeah. like yeah i don't want to get too into politics politics now but that is like entirely true it's, yeah it's not really yeah, it's kind of we're straying away from 
fixing the problem now you know it's you know what I mean mm -hmm. so so we know meditation is one way of fixing it you know what doing exercise is another way but it's, not necessarily that's exercise but any delayed gratification yeah any delayed gratification and another one is um, well this isn't would you say this is delayed gratification but just sorting out your sleep pattern I'd say yeah. it's quite important yeah facts I personally have never had problems with my sleep but ha have you I'm Oh, like, well, yeah. Like, just getting just enough recently. sleep. Because for me, it's, like, months, it's been it's like... fine for me my whole life. So I can't really speak on experience. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> one thing I can say, like, uh, like I'm, I'm, this is one thing I'm, like, so happy to say is I've never been, like, an insomniac. I've never had a problem staying up at night getting to sleep. That's nothing, like, doesn't yeah. affect me at all. But um, I guess sleep quantity, that's something that is, like, Something yeah, I'm cracked out on. It's like it's like my one like caveat to like self improvement. Yeah, this is like one thing that I just haven't maxed out yet, and I'm still a bit of a Jeffrey on. It's like sleep, like I don't know. It's just like so like I I I just love staying up. It's so bad, but I just love it. Mm -hmm. It's like I sound like such a Jeffrey right now, but like like. But I know it. I know it's important. I know it's so. Important. I remember. I used to, this was probably when I was like 12, 13 years old, maybe not even that, probably like 10, 9 years old, I used to have an iPad, and I used to stay up, do like, try and do all-nighters, just watching YouTube videos. Are you like, Yeah, on my own, with oh. the iPad, just like, stupid Jeez. YouTube kids, videos. The kids are doing that nowadays. That's yeah, like, yeah, but the hell. thing is, like, I stopped because, like, after one night, I... I didn't even manage to do it all night. I stayed up probably till like two, three a.m. and I was like, "Fuck, I, I'm going to sleep." <laughs> I just got so tired. But yeah, like right now, my sleep is epic, and I, I'm I'm just looking for ways to improve it. Like I'm actually gonna start trying to go to bed at nine and waking up instead of at six twenty like I do usually. Um, waking up between five and six, so that one I get more sleep hours before twelve o'clock, before midnight. Two, I get at least eight hours of sleep. And three, I can wake up before the sun so that when I do wake up, I can watch the sun rise and mm -hmm. it hit my eyes yeah. to hone in my circadian rhythm and my body clock. Yeah, just one thing about that. Now we're entering the summer. Do you think like maybe I'm going to bed at nine? Like The sun's still going to be out by then. Do you reckon that? Well, I guess for me, it's not really going to be a problem because like right now, especially for the past like three weeks, not even past three weeks, probably like the past year, I've probably been getting an average of like six to seven hours of sleep a night and that's not like in bed time that's like actually asleep like deep sleep time and for me although like the recommended amount is eight for me I feel like six is plenty obviously I'm gonna try and see what eight does and see how eight works but for me right now for me right now six is plenty so like um, I don't really see a need for right now at least trying to adjust um and try and get eight hours when six right now i've said this so many times but six is plenty yeah, so even I, when the I sun think, um, even when the sun starts setting later and later i could just like go to bed at 10 go to bed at 11 and still probably wake up before the sun and get a full night's rest and be ready for the day ahead yeah i do think um everybody needs a different amount of sleep that's yeah. for sure because like, like me personally i need like seven and a half at least 
George is going to disagree with you on that. George thinks everyone should get at least eight hours because that's completely optimal. Is it not? Well, you realise people are different, right? We're not all built the same. No, we're not, but our physiological system... I think on average, um, yeah, yeah, most people need around eight hours. I'm not saying everyone can You can can play around and find what works for you personally. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone can Like Elon Musk, one of the most successful people in the world, I think he gets like seven, which is... I mean, it's pretty good con- considering his schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's um, not eight. we shouldn't say like, oh, like Aaron talking. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll mm. do that. Um. What was I saying? Oh yeah, um, we shouldn't say like um, the exception defines the rule, right? Like, obviously, there's going to be outliers. Like, I'm not going to say like if we take eight people in Heartsease, yeah. They're all going to need, like, half of them are going to need six hours of sleep. No, most of them are going to need eight, because that's, like, on average, how much people are supposed to get. But for me personally, I'm good with six. Like, if I can sleep in a little bit, if I'm, like, a little bit tired, then I I will. But, like, not for long, because, like, it gets to a certain point past, like, seven and a half hours where if I don't wake up, I just get groggy. And, like, it feels like I've had negative sleep. You know what I'm saying? When you mm. sleep too long and you just feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, you feel like you, you've just been lazy, like you've slept in. Yeah, and not just you've lazy. You've already started the day off, not off just, on a bad Not note. just lazy. For me, it's like if I sleep too long, um, I feel like um, I've had no sleep, you know? Okay, I can't relate to that it one. Feels, <laughs> it, it's so strange to describe, but you feel like sluggish, Do you feel slow. that for the whole day? No, not for the whole day, but, like, basically the first half, or, like, a good chunk of the first half, because, like, usually that only happens when I go, like, over eight hours, like, eight hours is in time in bed, that's probably, like, seven and a half hours deep sleep, um, but, yeah, over eight hours, when I no, wake up... No, eight hours in bed is not seven and a half hours deep sleep. For me, it's on my sleep app. Oh, um, but, like, yeah, when I go over eight hours in bed... When I wake up, I feel, like, groggy and slow for basically, like, the first two to three... I haven't had this in a while, but, like, probably one to two hours of... One to two to three hours of the day, because um, too much sleep is also detrimental. Like, too much of a good thing... Really? Yeah. Too much sleep is detrimental. Yeah. Too much of a good thing can become a detriment to you. Think about it. We're not built to sleep our entire lives. We're built to sleep for a certain amount of time each night in order for it to to work optimally for us. Like, obviously, like, babies are supposed to sleep way more than we are, yeah, and not, adults not, are supposed yeah, to sleep less like than we are. But, like, too much sleep is detrimental for you, and you can't tell me otherwise. Like, it's just not what you're supposed to do. Also, turn that on. Do you, do you not agree that if you were to sleep um, for, like, an hour more, you would have an increased endocrinological function, increased testosterone, increased HGH production. Well, I don't know. That's... If we could test that, if we could get an endocrinologist to, like, come test me up my sleep right now... Okay, well, many tests have already been done on that. Well, yeah, but that's, like... Again, that's the average. The average is supposed to be eight hours. Like, on average, that's how many... That's how what people are supposed to get. But you've got to remember, there are exceptions to the rule, but they don't define the rule. That's what I was. That's my whole point. There's exceptions to the rule, but within 
your anecdotal experience of how you how you feel, which you can't put a numerical value on. I'm not, I'm not doubting that you don't like it's not real, but this you need to understand when it comes to like actual physiology. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it, why eventually I'd like to like actually test it. Like as I was saying, when it comes to actual physiology, our systems it's like there's so little like standard deviation. It's not like that much difference. If you can perform well. On let's say let's say there's someone who's like a far outlier and that this person can perform perfectly fine in fact very well with five hours sleep mm-hmm. which is like yeah, what, do you mean by, has, what do you mean by perform during the day great productivity doesn't yeah. like feel sluggish or lazy because they haven't had enough yeah. sleep why not just get five hours sleep mm, because that's you, you get more a, time in no, the day because like no like with like stuff like productivity like there's so many factors leading towards that. Obviously, sleep is like it's good, but like it's it's also like a mindset thing as yeah, well. Yeah, that's how a you bit like of physically um, are. Like, that's a bit of an extreme thing as well because I feel like um, six hours should be the minimum amount of sleep that everyone gets. Like it's obviously eight hours. Your camera, by the way. Um, obviously, eight hours is like the recommended amount. Um, but I would say, especially for people with sleep schedules that are completely fucked, you've got to realize some people get like maybe one two hours of sleep or they stay up to one and like sleep until like 12 o'clock in midday like people have already fucked up sleep schedules so just getting to bed at a regular time and waking up at a regular time every morning and getting at least six hours of sleep is already like 10 times better than what most people nowadays are doing we can get into optimalistics and like what's best for like your individual self once you've covered the basics but most people don't even that lockdown mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that, that's but anyway so okay. like this we're talking about before you keep talking let's just um yeah sure, pause it. all right we had to take a break um so from sleep yeah about sleep so obviously yeah we can worry about like the how optimal our sleep is that our REM sleep and the amount of deep sleep hours we're getting all of that like fancy shit but for the majority of the 90% of the population would say as long as you go to bed at the same time every night and wake up same time every morning and do that for six to seven days a week mm-hmm. you can have off days as long as you're consistent but th- that's good enough yeah consistency as, as long is as the most having, important bit as long as I haven't at least at least six hours I say six, yeah, yeah, six hours least. there might be like some like, like fucking genetic outliers that like have this special sleep gene that allows them to like just fucking like not even need to hibernate or whatever I think I know but, like, someone with that but yeah consistency but, is the most important yeah thing. but for the majority of the 9% of the population it's going to bed at the same time every night and going to waking mm-hmm. up because that like gets it's your like, body clock in the routine oh, yeah, so your body think, will so start being rhythm. ready yeah, to go to bed at that time it won't be hard anymore once you've been consistent mm-hmm. for it for like even just a week it doesn't take that long with meditation it takes like what uh, two months three months to start uh, having a clear brain but with sleep it can be in a matter oh, like of a just days. a week like or yeah days, even just three days and you'll be ready to go you'll be tired at that time that you've been going to sleep mm-hmm. and you'll be wide awake at that time that you've been getting up so consistency is the most important for when it comes to sleep yeah and i can i i can i can go off for like loads of tangents here but like it all it literally all ties in like you you probably notice that, like, and I didn't even have to get into like some sciencey like theoretical bullshit about this. It's like the amount of like gratification you're doing will like affect your sleep 
in a negative way. Mm-hmm. The amount of delayed gratification you're doing will literally enhance your. St- it's like it's like it's actually crazy how it all, it's all tied together. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to tell everyone not to take part in instant gratification at all, but d- making sure you don't take part in it just before sleep is so important. Having the before do- having sleep, a dopamine influx yeah. just before sleep. Yeah, before will, you will sleep, you up, do yeah. not trigger yourself. Don't watch anything triggering. Just uh, calm yourself down. Maybe meditate before sleep. Don't get into any arguments and comment sections on like social media or like Twitter or some well, shit. Yeah, don't do that in the first don't, place. Like, don't yeah, even don't go on your phone before, don't be a dickhead. before bedtime. Read a book or something. Well, so, some people even say reading a book is bad because you're getting thoughts in your head. If you're reading a book, make make like a make sure it's a non. Make sure it's like a meditative process yeah, yeah. in the way you're doing it. If you're like, yeah, if you're like, literally like speed reading it, then that's to be fair, that can be probably quite bad. But like, I'm meditating before bed is a fucking sick idea as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. Not just that, but also like, stretching before bed is also an epic idea. Like, releasing all the tension in your body. I haven't like, tried that one, yet, but I think I, I, I might I, try I, that if you're saying no, it's No, no, literally, I, I haven't done it recently, mainly because like, recently, at the end of the day, I've just been so tired that I haven't been bothered I literally just like um, the thing I do before bed is like meditate, pray, and then I like literally head hits the pillow. I'm out like a light because like just hella busy recently. Um, just no no energy left by the end of the day. I'm just super tired. So like, but yeah, when I when I I will start it again soon. But like stretching before bed just like releases any tension, or like if you're sore in like an area, like you've had a gym sesh. Just like if you stretch your body out and release that tension, release like all the lactic acid, you fall asleep like so much easier. I've done it in the morning oh, actually, before, but never. Yeah, to be fair, there's actually some. Yeah, I don't do that, but like, there's this is a whole other tangent. Right? There's have been like I've actually had like in the past, if I've had like a really fucking hard like, um, like at, if you we went like really hard at like rugby training that night, I'll like wake up in the middle of the night with just like, just heat. Just like lactic <laughs> acid in my hamstrings, and I'll just I'll just be like that. It'd be so uncomfortable. Yeah. That, Sometimes yeah, after like can actually help. Um, last year, um, when you and me used to go to the gym, like after school, and like we'd be working out to like six o'clock. Mm. I remember I wouldn't on most nights after the, after that like gym day, I wouldn't get to sleep till like twelve yeah, one o'clock. Actually, because of like yeah. I don't know what it was. Whether I was just like super fatigued or like sore. Like, I try stretches, I try meditation, I try everything. But, like, yeah. I just wouldn't be able to get sleep. No, that's the one thing. I wouldn't recommend doing, like, like exercise, like, an hour before bed. It's just not a good idea. Not when even you, an hour. I'd, I'd even go as far to say, like, actually, an hour's a bit two early, to yeah, three yeah, hours yeah. before bed, yeah. you shouldn't be doing anything too strenuous. Like, mm-hmm. you should start winding down, like, three to four hours yeah. before you go to sleep. Yeah. So you, like... If you yeah, if you try to go to sleep while while your like blood pressure's high, your your heart rate's high, your blood's pumping, it's like gonna be impossible. Mm. And also caffeine. Caffeine's another major factor in your sleep quality. There's been studies done, I think they were recent, I don't know, because um um but basically studies done that caffeine has like a half life of um six to twelve hours. Or no, I'm I'm probably saying that wrong. I'll half, just I'll just phrase it the way of, I'll just yeah, phrase it the way I I'll just phrase it the way the study said. If you have a cup of coffee at twelve o'clock in the middle of the day, yeah, twelve o'clock at noon, there will still be caffeine in your system and in your brain at twelve o'clock at night. So you should cut off having like any sort of caffeine 
by 12 o'clock like that's what I've been doing recently and it's actually been helping my sleep mm. tremendously in fact I'm probably going to push it forward to like cut off caffeine by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock so, soon yeah it's it's just that yeah I think caffeine it's probably like half has a half life when it enters the bloodstream of about probably around 3 hours I don't know I could look it up but like no, but basically, caffeine. Will, there's still caffeine in your system yeah, at yeah. midnight if you have it at twelve at noon. That's like a whole. So, that's twelve hours, right? I'm not tweaking. Yeah, twelve to yeah, twelve. Yeah, yeah, twelve hours of like it still being in your system. And think about it: people be having coffees like three hours before they go to bed. Who, who, who the fuck's doing that? I don't know. No, but people and, and, do no, that. Yeah, so, yeah, some people really? do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where do you find these people? Who the fuck thinks that's a good idea? I'm not gonna say the name of my school. But my school. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's people. There is people. Hey, bro. Um... Can you not look at people and tell who like has caffeine before bed? Yeah. There, there's some people who are just throughout the day like... just constantly drinking energy drinks. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably people that are like monsters at like mm-hmm. six o'clock. Like. Unfortunately, I have a feeling those people won't be listening to the pod, but. If they are by any chance, please stop um, fucking please drinking drop and drinking before I bed. Can, I can relate to the caffeine okay, one. Uh, yeah. Glad you had it before bed. On the end of that, be <laughs> so caffeine, caffeine, I can relate to. It's a working out one that you that surprised me. I I didn't know working out oh, no, was just, so detrimental. Think, uh, right, before think bed. about think about why you know right. So caffeine, caffeine is a drug. When it enters the bloodstream, it stimulates the nerve impulses within your heart to increase your heart rate slightly. Mm-hmm. Not only that, caffeine. Wait, what were we talking about? Uh, working out, it so it just surprises oh, right. yeah. me that it's, it makes it tough to go to bed. It's just one hour before. Yeah, no, but it's just because it's gonna be like a lot harder to settle down when your when your heart rate's up, your blood's pumping. Yeah, but once feeling, I get back home from the gym, I'm fine. My and that's like you might, yeah, you might feel that, but like my heart beats like slow. I can feel it. It's so much like it's yeah, but my again, resting heart rate. There's that's, no difference. that's how I feel after back when I was having trouble falling asleep after having a gym session with George, I'd feel fine. But when I'd actually try and go to sleep, that's when the problems would ensue. You see, and I wouldn't be able to like, doze sure off. Your, whole, your hormones and your adrenaline will still be up. You're like your adrenaline, your, your cortisol will still be up by then. No, maybe it's just you guys. Cause like after gym no, session, a... I'm exhausted. I fall asleep so easily. I mean, obviously, like, there's exceptions to the rule. Like, we can't, like, deny that fact. Like, maybe you're just a lucky No, one. but, like, think about it. If you were to do, like, um, like 10 rounds of boxing, like, 30 minutes before you go to bed, like, no, um, your blood's still going to be pumping by then. Your heart rate's still going to be up. Your, your muscles still going to be, like, slightly fatigued. Your blood's... It never caused me any problems for sleep at all. I found it that it actually made it easier for me to sleep. Because back when I did boxing, that was late. That like I would have got back and I would have gone to sleep an hour after getting Mm -hmm. back. And I fell asleep fine. I was just so exhausted. It was so easy for me. So maybe the exhaustion also kinda cancels out. Yeah, yeah, it's like what you're talking about. Possibly. So there's a lot of factors that you've got to take into consideration. Like, that's the difference between muscular fatigue and s- central nervous system fatigue. Um, but no, that is, that is one thing. You you do have, if you want to get good sleep, you have to deserve it. You have to give a, your body a reason why you need to get this rest. Oh yeah, 100%. But for me, I remember this one time so like, I remember it so vividly. I literally, we were in the gym. I went so hard that like, I genuinely couldn't fall asleep because any way I lay is uncomfortable. How sore, like, my muscles were. At the end of the day, I wouldn't... I'd try, like, 
I'd keep tossing and turning, and any way I'd put my neck or, like, my arm would be so, like, sore and uncomfortable that I just couldn't fall asleep because of it. Eventually, I'd fall asleep just because, like, um, like, you get tired enough, but, like, in order to just actually, like, doze off, like, there's earning it, and then there's going, like, too far. Like, if you're gonna plan to work out before bed, um, don't, like, go to complete and utter, like, muscular failure. Because you, you, you won't be able to go to sleep. Not at all. Like you'll just be so sore that any which way you lay will be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, we're just talking about sleep a lot, and I'd say, yeah, sleep. Would you say? I mean, it's quite hard to rank these factors in benefits and. They're all as important health, as each other. Of course, of course, it's like. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you, no matter how good your meditation is, your dopamine detox is, if your sleep's wank, then like, it's not going to be good. You're not going to reap the full benefits. Mm. But I think another factor, another massive factor that will really help you, that no one really talks about nowadays, will help your mental health is expressing your, your gratitude, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, or just being, just knowing that you have gratitude, you know, or just yeah, just being grateful, literally. Yeah, what's I've, your guys' take? My sorry. What's your guys' take on this, oh, Karen? My take is um, gratitude is extremely important and very overlooked nowadays. Um, so many people complain, 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 and fair enough, they might be complaining about something bad, but. Usually they complain about good stuff that happens as well. Like, um, I follow Stoicism. We'll get on that in a further episode of the podcast. But, like, the Stoics believe that you shouldn't even complain about bad stuff happening to you. Amor fati, um, love of fate. If you've been, like, done wrong or, like, something that, like, objectively you might see as bad, like, um, your this got stolen like your watch got stolen or like you lost your phone like although yeah that's going to be annoying and like you might complain about it at the end of the day like you've got to be grateful for the fact that you even had a phone to begin with and you can always get another one people are like complaining about having to go to work like at my mcdonald's so many people are complaining about like having to work there full stop at least you've got a job yeah at least you've got a job and also another thing like they'd be complaining, oh, I don't like the station that I'm at. I wish I could be on that other station over there. And then next time I see them and they're on that other station, they're then complaining about being on that one because, oh, this one's more boring or more repetitive. And I'm like, what the... Motherfucker, what? What are you talking about? You just complained about being over there and now you're complaining about what you wanted to be on. Laptop. Okay, so... Right, what's your, what's your point then? The point is, you've just got to be grateful for everything that happens. Yeah. No matter whether it's good or bad, because ultimately, the bad stuff shapes you into the person you become today, and it has shaped you, so no matter how much you complain about it before, yeah, it's ultimately made you the person you are now, so it's been good rather than bad. Although it's bad at the time, it's led to something better in future. So you can't actually, you shouldn't actually be complaining about anything. You should be grateful for everything that happens to you because everything happens for a reason. That's exactly a saying that 
that that reminds me of one of the sayings that my mum says that's that's exactly what she says she says everything happens for a reason and like thinking about it like that's that's kind of like linking into destiny and like if this happens that's going to happen and I just didn't believe it at first but just believing it and just like you know it's going to happen everything happens for a reason mm. it's just a nice yeah. way to live it's such yeah. a healthy like ideology to yeah live absolutely in, you know because although like, it doesn't make a hundred percent of sense um I mean things will be happier to yeah you. it is a great mindset to have just un- just thinking everything happens for a reason yeah I'm not a victim in anything this happened to me for a specific reason let me instead of completely find out what that reason is because it yeah. might be better yeah. for me later on just just generally just like general productive optimism it's like it's literally like if you're not doing this already if you're not right if you're not really optimistic even delusional optimism is better than just like pessimism or like complaining. Like if you can be delusionally optimistic, you're better than the average person, in my opinion. Like if you can just have unwavering optimism in all like facets of life when for anything that happens mm-hmm. to you, you're like set. Because if nothing can tear you down, then nothing can stop you. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, leading on to more gratitude, like, how are some ways that we can, like, express gratitude? I've heard the, uh, the idea of uh, gratitude can... journaling. Some people yeah, have yeah. gratitude journals. Putting things down on paper is so much better than just having it in your head because you can actually see oh, yeah. it. And most people don't realise it until you actually put it down. And I've never done a gratitude journal. My brother has, but I've never done it myself. But what I have done is back when I was uncertain about where my path was going in the future, I would just write down my goals, my aspirations. What did I want to do? Did I want to go to uni or did I want to learn to program, become a programmer? I was writing all of these down because when you see it down on paper, it's it's a lot easier for you to visualise it because it's out there. Yeah, I heard that when you write your problems or you're like your not well not problems but like your your like thoughts down on paper it that you've already solved half of the solution you know what i mean yeah you haven't solved half of the solution you've I don't know how to word that actually. No, no, you haven't sold anything but like yeah. it's, it, it's like you've it's all of the all yeah, way to, to analyze it yeah. but um, yeah, so gratitude journaling how how do you do that though Oh yeah, like I can't believe you haven't even done gratitude journaling yet. Like I've never had wait, wait, gratitude do you, wait, as do you a do, problem. Do you do though. journaling? Um, no, I don't do journaling. Like, yeah, I've never think... had it as a problem though, because like, yeah. uh, like back, like before eight years old, I I didn't like really thank things that much. I I didn't, I mean, I didn't really complain too much either. I complained a bit here and there, but um, when I was eight, I went to India, and like that was the first time I was like, you know, conscious. You know, when you're like five, you're not really like that conscious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I hit eight years old. I became conscious. I was like, no longer NPC. I was like, oh, I'm a player. And um, I, I go to India and I see all these people on the streets just like begging for money, literally doing anything. Like I see like a family literally washing dishes and washing their cutlery under a fucking bridge. And since that day, I've, I've just I've had gratitude. Yeah. I, I can't not have gratitude now because of the yeah. shit I've seen because like, you see this stuff on adverts you see like water aid saying donate money but it's different on TV when you see that you see shit, that shit person, IRL, it's, you yeah. cannot forget it like, yeah. every single time I have a complaint in my head I just can't complain and I get pissed off at people sometimes you know and I, I'm kind of guilty for this because I shouldn't really be pushing it upon people but people 
just do things I don't like and they complain about things and they tell me about their problems. Yeah, and what like... I used to do is I used to say, you do realise your problem is nothing compared to some other people's problems out there. And that was completely wrong of me to do. But I just, I couldn't no, help myself. No, that's completely right of you to do. I, no, no, I'd no be because you can't so... diminish other people's problems. And everybody has problems. And just because they haven't seen what I've seen doesn't mean I should have done that on people. Well, but, no, but I'm just trying to explain is. why I have gratitude now. I it, can't not have yeah, gratitude yeah. because of that. Like, it depends what their problem is. Like, if they're complaining about the most, like, fucking first world sh- problem then like you're completely right for saying that like Marcus Aurelius if it's tolerable fucking tolerate it why you, like people be complaining about the fact that they have to go to work or like the fact that they have to oh earn money like what people don't like you said people mm. don't even get to do that like fair enough if they're telling you about a bigger problem that like maybe isn't a first world problem you know but most people's problems nowadays are first world problems and that's the part that people that pisses me off when they start telling me about them. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, look at where you are. You're so privileged. Yeah. And it's actually um. This is a tangent, but it's quite an interesting tangent. I wanna I wanna just say real quick. It's like the thing about complaining. I complaining is instant gratification, and I'll explain why. Like complaining. Oh yeah. It gives 100%. you the dopamine. That of. you get of fixing the solution without actually doing anything about it. You can see why these people are high off complaining, you know. Yeah, <laughs> serial complainers. Usually addicts. <laughs> like I'm like like I'm not even taking the piss when I say this. It's literally like complaint. It's literally real. Like I've never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. No, but like they they like talk about the solution and like it they release talk the about the problem of of the actual solution in their head. Uh huh. And it's so easy to do. It ticks all the boxes for yeah. instant gratification. Mm, 100%. 100%. Um, also, I remember. Um, well, what did you say earlier? Something about um, what's a way you can show. What's a way we can express, like, express gratification. Gratitude. gratitude. Gratitude, not gra- Not mm. to be confused with gratification, but gratitude. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I probably confused quite a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> It was back when we were talking about how um, the mindset of everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that reminded me of something. Um, how you were talking about like destiny and all that. Um, not to go too deep on this, but religion. Like, if you're religious, then you automatically adopt the mindset of everything happens for a reason. If and I'm not just talking about like the people who say there's something. If you're actually like religious and you believe in like your your holy book or like whatever you believe in yeah your creator um you automatically have the mindset of everything happens for a reason so that's and automatically like you're in a better off position to someone who doesn't believe in stuff like that because they would have to get into the mindset of everything happens for a reason whereas if you're religious you're just automatically put in that mindset does yeah, that make sense? Following, yeah, following a great ideology like religion will yeah. Or, 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 yeah, automatically do that to you. Yeah, if you're struggling with gratitude, following religion is a great idea. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, it's written within the books, isn't it? To be grateful yeah. for what you are. Love your neighbour and all that stuff. Mm, it's all yeah. written within the books. And yeah, I know we, I know we said we were only get, gonna, not going to get too religious with this already. But I think one thing that I've only recently taken on in like the last, like, like, the last like five weeks no last like six weeks or so 
it's this like this idea in my head and i think about this when i'm meditating in the morning i think about okay um i actually i genuinely i feel so grateful for my life that was given to me from god how can i pay my gratitudes towards him by my actions today that's how i go about my life now and it it's just fucking sick like literally yeah like it's just yeah. sick yeah for me um i grew up into a religious family obviously um i'm eastern european so automatically we're christians yeah um but obviously f- actually finding like truth in my religion and actually becoming religious i don't want to go too deep on it yet but i'll just talk about it briefly um i i like found it myself um not because like my grandma or my mum kept taking me to church or like tell me to do stuff all this stuff i did my own research and i kind of realized that religion is actually one of the best things you could do for yourself not just from like oh believing in something standpoint but like if you follow your teachings whatever they may be um you will ultimately be a better person than someone who doesn't follow any teachings at all yeah just an average person and when you couple that in with what what, the other stuff that i'm doing um laptop when you couple that stuff in with the other stuff that i'm doing like um philosophy stoke philosophy um self-improvement when you add religion to that it adds a whole nother like layer and depth but it it, it all ties your life and it's Mm -hmm. it like yeah it all ties into the one structure just one thing it all ties them together yeah the end goal yeah i was talking to you about this the other day when we were coming back from that meeting um there's two ways to reach the end goal yeah uh, to help like form your path you can either use religion to help you or you can go on a journey on your own uh through self-improvement and neither way is wrong some some people find that yeah. religion is much easier, but self improvement really allows you to structure everything in the specific yeah. way that you want it to be. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too yeah. in depth, but I actually disagree with that. I feel like eventually, with just self improvement, you get to a certain point where you need religion to carry on. I know you're gonna disagree. Yeah, I, with that, I disagree with but that. That's for another episode. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that episode. Yeah, I'm just gonna be sitting here just like. Oh, it's gonna be sick. You're gonna be sitting here gawking because you. Yeah, because we don't dis- like everything we've mentioned in this podcast. We've basically agreed on. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, because no, this, this is gonna be the one thing like facts. Like you, yeah, you cannot hate on you this. Can't shit. It's not even it. opinion. Like, we might uh, even have a special guest coming for that episode. Oh, well, I haven't heard about this, but I'm excited. Oh, it's, Oh, that would <laughs> tell be me after the part. I'll myself. I'll buy the mic, buy the XLR, all this just to get just get one. I don't know how we'll sit, but like. Oh, there's there's plenty of space. Like you guys move up a bit. Yeah, we're not yeah, we're not getting our guests here. to sit like there next to you. Know? <laughs> we'll be like this, and we'll we'll be in the. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah we'd have to increase the space a bit. Yeah, but I think we've covered quite a lot for today's pod, episode one of Major Agenda. Um, I'm looking forward to episode two. I don't know when we'll make this um one that we're happening with the guests next week happen. Oh, well, maybe not with the guests, but yeah, but maybe yeah, not next, yeah. next podcast. Two next yeah. Week, yeah, yeah, next week ne- or next next, n- next two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't do next week come on man next two weeks yeah we'll see you in two weeks times major agenda episode one